Hello there, it's Elaine Lindsay, grandmapreneur of Cruel Social Media, who also happens to be the host of BBP TV show. Uh, it's lovely to be here this afternoon. I have an incredible guest, Ms. Fiona Birch. Hello, Fee. Hi, how are you? Great to be here. It's great to have you here. I'm really excited because um, I got to hear Fiona speak back in 2017 at Social Media Camp in Victoria. And from the first time I heard her speak, I thought, oh, I, I really want to know more about this lady. And more to the point, I want her on the show because we all know my curiosity is way the hell up here. <laughs> so with that said, I want to give you a little rundown. Uh, Fiona has a very interesting uh, background and history and has a really cool job in the digital space. She's an insights-driven strategist who specializes in social media risk, which is something we don't often see someone that's specific. More to the point, um, she deals with everything from gigantic corporations to athletes, which we'll definitely be talking more about. Uh, Fiona grew up in a small, I believe, coastal town in New Zealand and went to university in Australia. And then, in which I uh, hats off, you backpacked around the world in your 20s by yourself, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is phenomenal. I have a couple of other girlfriends who did the same thing. And now I'm kicking myself for not being quite that free. Now, that led to, and this is where we'll get into some really good questions, but that led to a number of years as an exercise physiologist. And there you dealt with, I guess, changing behaviors and looking at, you know, the crux of a problem, I guess. And you that's why you're very transparent and I find incredibly authentic. Thank you. What's really cool, she was the only female trainer in men's sports in Queensland. Yeah. Okay. And her office was in the locker room. Bet <laughs> stories about that one too. From there, mm -hmm. you go into medical writing, I guess with pharmaceutical companies, and on to navigating the digital sphere and leveraging social media risk for athletes and brands. Now, you have been also a speaker since 1997. So mm -hmm. I bet you have some phenomenal stories to tell us about that. Mm -hmm. But just to give you a sample of me, I want to read you, I got to find this I found a quote from you. Uh -oh. uh, no, good one, good one. So if you're not building your online brand, the media and the trolls are. Yeah. I think that is such a perfect sort of rule to live by because it's so very true. Absolutely. That's like the best introduction I've ever had. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Very good, very thorough. So, um, so yeah, so I work with athletes um, now, but it hasn't always been the case. I still like to have sort of what I call the real world 
corporate clients here, there, here and there. And I do have one of those uh, at the moment that takes up a you know, considerable amount of time, which I love. Um, and, uh, and actually on Thursday, I'll be going to uh, the CCM World Invite, which is a, the largest hockey tournament in North America, to meet with and talk with prep school teams and uh, state sort of teams and those kinds of, anybody that's there, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, you were just here a few months ago. I was, I was. You breakfast. We did, actually. Um, if you're ever in Ottawa and you need to be picked up from the airport, this lady will pick you up and take you to breakfast. I'll tell you that. Um, that was a great trip. I really, really like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was great. And um, I was there for a preseason camp for an agent um, that I had met at the draft when I spoke to uh, NHL and sort of USA hockey coaches there. So uh, he... Um, was he's based in Ottawa and he was having a preseason camp. Um, some of the some of the guys were young. Um, one of them had been drafted um, to the Leafs and very excited to report that since that meeting and, and meeting Sammy, um, who uh, comes from Moscow but actually moved to Canada when he was thirteen. Oh, um, really? So he's he's known Canada and um, he works uh, he works he well he does it is work for him he plays for the Peterborough Peets. And anyone who follows hockey would know that um, he was signed to the Leafs. He played a few preseason games. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so I've since seen him uh, at a Leafs game. He wasn't playing, but we were we were all there. So he, he trained in from Peterborough to come to the game. So wow. he's a great guy. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's nice watching these guys um, no matter where they are in their career. And, um, and it's, a, it's also an interesting... Uh, how we communicate with them because um, with the players, it's all DMs on Instagram. It's like if I send send Sammy a, a, a message, he's you can see the dots like it comes right back at you. Yeah. Um, with the coaches, it's all Twitter. So it just you know, it's it's, it's about really understanding um, where they are and how they want to communicate. Yeah. Um, one thing I speak of is communication is received, not delivered. We we often think I'm going to put this out. I'm going to put this out. We yeah. have to remember that, in fact, it's it's received, it's not delivered. So being adaptable to that point. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the one of the one of the things I've learned <laughs> over well, the yeah. last few years. And and I think it's really important what you said there. It it's so critical for you to go where your clients are because yeah. in some instances it's definitely generational. Okay, you are definitely going to see generations, you know, yeah. you have the Snapchat generation, you have Instagram, you have, you know, the, the old guard on Twitter that have always used Twitter. And there, there is a certain level that are LinkedIn and LinkedIn only. But yeah. it's really important for clients to realize that once you know your target market, then then it is important that you be where they need you and not the other way around. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, I, I spoke a lot the last few years until probably the last two that we were on our last year of Twitter. And I think Schaefer, or I should say his full name, Mark Schaefer, he posted something the other day and it was about how the revenue of Twitter has changed. They've adapted that platform and it is shocking if you if you guys get to a grab of this thing. Um, but it is, uh, it's interesting how 
you know, we're in the land of adaption and, um, you know, it's, it's goes beyond knowing platform, you know, the behaviors of people understanding by where they want to be. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's interesting times. It is interesting to kind of a, yeah. a wild ride too. Yeah. If yeah, you there's... like change, which I know you do, I do. <laughs> this absolutely speaks to, I think, just uh, who you are and what you're all about. So for you, this has to be really exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's, it's funny how um, just I do love change. I'm, and you mentioned me traveling and um, I'm a bit of a nomad and uh in the way that in my life not, not work so much but like in my life i've always i always need to feel like i'm escaping to something i'm not running from anything i'm running to something so i always need to feel like what's the next what's the next thing and i think that that's where i get so the energy to to keep moving and no matter how many times we fall flat on our face <laughs> we sort of get up and it's like it's because you know and as entrepreneurs it's just we keep going and, and it's because there's always something new out there. So exciting times for sure. So absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you, you hit on something else there. That's important. It's not about how many times you fall down, which <laughs> in my case is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, falling down happens. It's about and, uh, that getting back up again. Yeah, I mean, I know when I started Private Online, it was because uh, Laramie Tunsil had, had a huge fall from grace. He had a video come out during the 2016 NFL draft. Yeah. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that story, basically two years prior to his draft, he'd been at a party and was videoed. They were using a gas mask as a bong. Um, and he very much knew that that was on video. He obviously knew that it was out there. And I'm sure that was quite terrifying for him. Oh, yeah. um, but um, there was also some other stuff going on behind the scenes involving taking, asking the coach for money because he couldn't, his mom couldn't pay the bill. And there's a whole bunch of political parts to that. But um, when I started Proactive Online, it was because people were not, athletes were not getting the right advice. The advice that was given to athletes at that time because of that event was, yeah, was don't go to a party with a smartphone where there will be a smartphone. Yeah. It's 2016, so that means no party. And the other thing was protect your password because this video actually dropped into his account. Um, someone oh. hacked had the password for his account but it wouldn't have mattered had his grandma started an account and used the correct hashtag or tag somebody that would have made it go bigger then yeah. it would have gone anyhow so i was vehemently um quite passionate about why is this information being given out there by these so-called experts in the field and so that's where i started but one thing i will say is you know, you start a business, you think that you're solving a problem and you think you have the solution and you have to be very open to talking to people. I talked to people and traveled for a year and a half before I officially launched. Um, because and, and that business solution evolved because yeah. it's not about what I can do and what my talent is and what I can give a potential client. It's what they're willing to buy. That's right. And, you know, they weren't willing to buy what I was selling, quite frankly. And I had to really understand and I and sort of and get like, what are they currently doing? Like, why are they doing that? What is the culture that is entrenched in these organizations that that is what they 
pass as acceptable um, advice. And it's and it is because of there's certain boundaries in sport and the NCAA and you know even the NHL and MLB has a whole other set of things. So it was really about going around. I mean, there are there are agents that I will not work with because they expect me to um, help their clients lie when they're in a bad situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just went, no, that's not what I will do. So I've turned down some pretty nice uh, clients um, because I don't want to work with that agent. Um, so finding agents where they are really interested in the long, the short and long-term play for an athlete and what that will mean to them, not just digging them out of a hole and putting them in a bigger one, but yeah. actually getting them through. So, um, you know, integrity is definitely important. Absolutely. And I was going to, I was actually, that was the word I was going to use. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you find that integrity, it doesn't matter, athlete, it doesn't matter who it is or what the situation we're all human. We all make mistakes. Okay. There is not one of us that is blameless. I, I keep saying if, you know, if we were all perfect, there'd only be two of us <laughs> needed to make any more. We're not yeah. perfect. And at every level, if people would just understand, you can acknowledge your mistake mm -hmm. ask for forgiveness and, and, you know, hopefully not do it again. Is yeah, that... I mean, yeah, I agree with that. And the other part to that is we've become, we've sort of gone to this place now where we're at apologist community, where we're in this apologist atmosphere. Of, yeah. Well, I can just, I can just mess up. And then as long as I authentically say sorry, and, yeah. you know, bring on the drama, then we're good. And unfortunately, you know, who you who you've built prior to that moment and this is why you know i got into this i got in i was selling the risk i was selling the i'll help you when you get into trouble but yeah. here's the problem with that nothing you do after the fact is as good as what you could have done before so i'm really not helping actually and the other thing from a business point of view from an entrepreneur point of view it made me very not needed now and in Canada, what I have learned, the difference between Canadian and US, people often say to me, why do you work, you know, 90% of the time in the US? And here's the answer, because in Canada, there's a business culture for many, not all, but if you don't solve the problem they have on their desk today, they don't need to call you back. They're yeah. very much a reactive and not a proactive. They don't really understand, for the most part, the long-term business build relationship. Yeah. Um, and you see this when we go to conferences, you know, we've, you know, yeah. you see this over and over again, talking to clients, talking to other people, other entrepreneurs, other people in the digital space. So that's kind of one of the things. But then you also uh, look at things like if we look at the Logan Paul situation. He was the, the kid that was making 10 million a month on YouTube and he went into the Japanese suicide garden. Yeah. Um, and I do an exercise when I speak to athletes and I'm like, under what context could that video he took or parts of it be released and it'd be okay? Because at the end of the day, it could have been used in a documentary by someone else. It could have been, it's not like we've never heard of this place before. Nope. It's not like it's never been on TV before or on a, any sort of medium before. Yeah. And it, the problem was, 
he had built such a reputation as a jokester and that thing yeah. that it wasn't it it was never going to play for him. No, in a it good, was outside in a the realm way. of what was possible for right. For his, yeah, and his audience. It was like now he could have gone in there it being like a, you know there could have been, it could have been done I think he could have done it but the problem was when he first apologized it was not taken sincerely because we've never seen real Logan yeah yeah we've seen Logan Logan like Logan Paul you know the Logan Paul we've seen the Logan Paul show we've never seen Logan so we had no idea what he's like in a moment of say a family moment of sense of all seriousness We've never seen that because he's only ever shown one dimension. Yeah. Right? So one of the things that I do with athletes is, and with any clients is try to show all the dimensions. You you can keep some stuff that you don't want to share. You don't share everything. Yeah. Show all those parts of your personality. I, I I think that's an amazing point because we are not one dimensional. And, you know, on the other side, I have different types of clients than you and and our main aim is not risk per se, but it's the same thing. I'm always telling the client that it's really imperative that people see you as a a person. You you have to have other parts. You can't just be uh, the business, you know, cartoon, the two dimensional business, 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 because none of us are. And, and that, you know, in my answer to you to you earlier saying, you know, if people just apologize, there has to be that understanding of the yeah. sincerity and the contrition. Because Absolutely. yeah, this this, oh, I'm sorry, and then doing it again tomorrow, that's a whole different attitude. And I think people yeah. are savvy enough now when you appear as a whole person. People are savvy enough to know when it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, we talked, um, you know, earlier before the call about, you know, the the piece of the day is this ex NFL guy who took a photo with his um, prom date. When you look at this image, what's interesting is that he's holding a handgun. And and if you yeah. if his 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 feeling where he was coming from, where he was trying to have a bit of a funny, I guess, was. You know, it's the old dad, and if the boy shows up, it's got to get past me and my shotgun. And you know, I when I heard about this image, I thought it was a uh, like a sorry a rifle, yeah, like a hunting rifle. That's kind of the that's kind of the you know what does punch up your mind is like here's the dad, he's sitting on the porch, you know, he's got his rifle, and the boy yeah. comes up and he's like, oh, sir, can I take your daughter out? You know, that is what he. But yeah. the fact that he's holding a hand handgun handgun. yeah um and you know and then in today's you know we don't you know obviously what's happened in the last week is horrible um it it is just it it just befuddles me as to why where he thought this was going to go but you know it's it's that misunderstanding of you know you you, i it's my twitter i put out what i want on my twitter this is what i think versus what is the temperature in the room it's like when you take out raw chicken and you put it out and you decide like in the old days in the old days when we grew up we would put our meat out on the porch right Mm -hmm. out on the balcony the veranda 
and we would defrost it outside and we would have these actual things to stop the flies. Yeah. I don't remember getting that sick. I think it was okay. But yeah. it's kind of like I say this to people. It's like you've got to imagine you're putting raw food out. Does it need to be in the fridge in a special climate? Does it need, if it goes out, how long is it going to be good for? And how long is it going to be, when is it going to go bad? And generally with content, it's going to go bad because you don't know. Let's say he posted that last night, which he did. And today, yeah. today there was a big shooting. Yeah. So you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's that you've got to understand the temperature, the climate, what where the storms are coming, what you can't predict. You know, when people do live and they do the the live of their TV movie that they're watching, I'm like, you don't know the script, you don't know what's coming. No, no, and and the thing is that so close to a sad event that just occurred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There has to be some consideration now, because. Yeah. It is so prevalent and, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure in the moment it, it seemed like a, I don't know, a bit of a joke and, and yeah. it would be funny uh, to him. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that in this day and age, we do have to take a beat before we do anything that could be considered controversial. You know, yeah, I come from the Murray Smith school of would I want my grandmother to see it? Sadly, yeah. now I'm the grandmother. <laughs> In a while, uh, would I want it on the front page of the New York Times? And mm -hmm. would I want my clients and, and other business people to see it? If any yeah. of those criteria are not met, then yeah. err on the side of caution and just give it a hard pass. Yeah, I mean, and the thing that I work too is um, a lot of those athletes, young athletes, from, I work 14 to 18, and then I do prospects, which is the draft sort of kids, so the OHL draft um, and then the NF, NHL draft, and then also through to retirement of the pros. Um, so many different stages in those careers but one thing they're often told is just don't do anything dumb. They're like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And I think we need to provide them. One of the things that I've that I learned from my last couple of years in this is we need to figure out, you know, how, 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 because they're going to do it anyway. And yeah. let's give them the tool that actually will help them instead of like ruin them, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I know I was a very rebellious teen. And I cannot believe that. <laughs> <laughs> said, don't, just don't do this, don't do that, don't uh -huh. do that. I, I would have made a beeline for each and everything you told me not yeah. to do. It, it's just who I am. And, and there's a lot of teens like that. It is harder in this day and age where everything you do is fodder for the media. So yes. it makes it more difficult. But the fact mm -hmm. is... Young people are going to be young people. And yeah. you, you cannot stifle people to that extent mm -hmm. and expect them to grow and learn. If we don't make mistakes, we can't possibly mature, become better adults who understand more. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the other, what I say to a lot of parents or coaches or the people that the agents is, uh, you know, if we're only saying don't to athletes, as an example, the only lesson, the only time they will learn anything is when it's actually probably too late. And most of the risk is offline behavior, not even online. It's not even what they get to tweet or IG or snap or whatever it is. It's got nothing to do with that. 90% of the time, it's what happens offline. It all ends up online. So them not having an account uh, isn't really helping them because it's out there. They just don't have a chance to do to defend themselves or present themselves in a much more real or I hate the word authentic, but that way. Yeah. Um, I just so misused. But the other part of it too is that if you teach them how to use these tools, that uh, first of all, they know how to use these tools. They don't know how to use these tools to build a resilient brand, which is a brand that will stand an event, not yeah. prevent it, would stand it. Yeah. So if you teach them, hey, how to build something and using the tools that they already know how to use their thumbs on, they will go, when they get that first little thing, they'll go, oh, wow, that was really great. That turned into this real conversation with a real person who's a sponsor or whatever it is. Um, and then you have something to build with them on. And then you then you get them, you know, like uh, so much of what we do is, um, I don't want to say babysitting because these guys are smart, intelligent young men that I work with. But it is a case of, in the sense of listening to them and understanding what why they don't want to, it's not even the agents that don't want to do this. It's actually the players don't want to do this. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, they give me very valid reasons. They're like, it's just not me. I don't, I want to focus on the game. I don't want to do anything that's going to risk what my parents and myself have put everything on the line for. Some of these families have moved or they've moved, like Simi has moved, you know? Um, And they just, and then the other, the big one is I don't want to make it about myself. They're just not that, that personality in all cases. Yeah. So those are four very, very valid reasons. And I, you know, I do have to come up with the counters for that and why this is actually why you should be doing it and and how to make it about, in their world, something they would want to do. Yeah, yeah. And and so, it is it is much better uh, to be ahead of whatever's coming. And, yeah. and the fact is, it, it is so, it is, it doesn't matter if you don't have accounts. Uh, ha- had a friend, not even a client, uh, this is a few years back. Uh, his daughter was uh, finished college, graduated with honors. I mean, she she was fabulous. Unfortunately, had had a few years with a rather um, forward crowd, we'll say. And there were a plethora of photos of her and another group of girls in various states of uh, dishevel, let's say, and some of them were were pretty atrocious. They Mm -hmm. weren't hers. They weren't even on her account. But Mm -hmm. when she got to have an account, she was tagged in a number of photos. She spent a year and a half looking for a job because this was an impediment to everywhere she went. And when you realize just how far reaching that can be, Mm -hmm. you know, that can be 
pretty devastating. This is not an athlete. This is not even a famous person. This is who was just, you know, a bit thoughtless as, as a teenager and and picked the wrong friends, but it did cost her and cost her dearly. Now, you know, happy to say that was a, a long ago now. And, and she's, almost 30 and things are things are great but there were two years where things were were very dire for her and yeah. uh, it led to you know serious issues for her i mean for me if someone came to me and said what would you do yeah um i would have my my counsel would be to for her to actually come out and whatever medium at the time has the most reach and to actually confront it yeah. And to actually be like, hey, you know how there's some of you that are watching this that are like, oh, glad there were no cameras around when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, and then there's some of you that, you know, were, you know, made better choices maybe than I did or those kinds of things. And, you know, and here's where I am. Here's where I am. I, I chose not to have any social media. Unbeknownst to me, I was already on social media. I didn't, you know wasn't I was naive in that and and now here I am and it's actually really hard for me to find a job I would actually go that far I would say you know I'm unable to do this these are my skills these are my things this is what I'm passionate about this is who I am and I would have gone and I would I would get as many people to share that and you know I think that we see we have seen this happen where people have actually then contacted that person and gone yeah. Here are 50 job offers. So yeah. there are ways, but you know, it is about being, it is a risk and it is about being transparent. And many people are like, oh, but I don't really want to make it a bigger deal than it already is. And sometimes that is right. Sometimes you don't want to make it a bigger deal than it already Absolutely. is. But it, and it's not that I would say if everyone gets into that situation, they should come out with a video and confront it. It's really about looking at what is, what is the real situation and weighing it up for that individual. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a blanket answer, but my gut is that that would be, but then I would say to this person, would you be comfortable with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and in this particular case, uh, a, a year and almost a year and a half had gone by before mm-hmm. she was transparent with her parents oh. and explained what the issue was. Uh, mm-hmm. Because up until then, you know, I think she was just hoping that she'd get a job and they would never have to talk about this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And, and lots of us come from the school of if we never mention it, maybe it'll just go away. I we know. don't do that anymore. And guess what? It never actually worked. <laughs> no, I mean, one thing that I say to clients, and I've worked with some reality TV clients, is like before they go on the show, I'll say, okay. What do you want to share? What do you want to share? And the biggest question, what's discoverable? Yeah. Um, because I can generally find most things on people um, in about 45 seconds. <laughs> I can do yeah. some pretty good digging. So it is, um, you know, there's those things you want to, because there's those are three very different things. What do you want to put out there? What don't you want to put out there? And what's going to be out there anyway? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's such a good, good. Yeah. Question. What a wonderful um benchmark for people in general in business yeah. i think that's something you should check no matter who yeah. you are. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and then the other thing that I get is the, uh, or I see uh, as I go through my Twitter feed and, um, you know, obviously I follow a bunch of people in sports and all sorts, but you now what I see is the retweet world, you yes. know, and I, I actually have a piece where I go, I haven't dropped this video yet, but it's like, it's basically saying it's Twitter, not retweeter. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Tweet, don't retweet. I'm not saying actually that's not right. It's not don't retweet. Don't retweet without a comment. Yes. Put your context behind it because here's the thing: the name of that Twitter account could change tomorrow anyway. Could yeah. be something completely different. Um, but it's like you need to say you need to jump off the fence and say what side you're on and pick a pick, put a stake in the ground. Or if you can't, if you can't put a stake in the ground, if you can't put your own words behind it, then don't tweet it retweet it um so it is i see this all the time i see coaches telling the athletes they tell me oh we let them retweet anything like we just don't want them to put anything of their own out there and i'm like oh great so now you've got the media the trolls and then somebody else developing their brand like where are they this is no idea uh and you have no idea where that twitter account is going to go so all of a sudden you're endorsing not just that tweet but that whole idea of that person yeah um the other thing that i find increases people's risk that they don't realize is the use of hashtags um and i have seen not a client um there is a a, i'll just say a sports person that uses um hashtag ar47 now most people would go what's an ar47 well it's kind of like an ak47 but it looks more like the guys it looks like the gun the guy has in that yeah. prom photo actually yeah it does. Uh, it's a it's an automatic weapon or semi-automatic whatever and um he puts it in everything so he'll have a photo with some kid at the rink oh <laughs> okay we know he's hockey player yeah. but uh he'll put it in there now here's the thing he comes from uh another part of the world where you know this is kind of commonplace yeah so you know, it'd be like someone, you know, in a in a gun state being like, oh, well, this is what I this is what we do on the weekends. We go shoot tin cans. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is he, he takes photos that have nothing to do with. Yeah. They're not even a, they're, they're of a kid. They're of him and a boy that's probably going, oh, God, there's so and so. He's like my hero. It's for a photo. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me that there's never any backlash. There's never any backlash on this person's Twitter account because mostly his followers are at home. Right. But they're they're understanding that culture. And so that's really, but the, but the problem is he plays in the, in the, in the NHL. So he has to understand like, this is actually the climate that we're in that might be okay wherever you come from, but it's kind of looked at kind of very seriously and, differently here because of we have the mass shootings of just general public we have this you know street side you know sort of terrorism that we're seeing absolutely and and often um this this came up recently uh with a client who was using these two hashtags over and over and over again on every single post that went out and when the client came to us we had a chat trying to figure out what did why are you doing this and yeah the answer came back oh well well i thought because because it's about that it's like well no 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 
-hmm. like hashtags hashtags are meant to to go with something that you want to go together it's not because there's a tweet there has to be two hashtags right and, and right. quite often they weren't hashtags thought out they they were just assumed and it, it can be very confusing for people the other mm -hmm. thing about hashtags i don't know if you've run into this or not but people really need to look at their handles and their hashtags and see <laughs> what it actually spells <laughs> yeah yeah oh, you know i've seen that a lot what's oh. interesting is the young so every year like um the 14s that i worked with last year the 14s that i worked with this year very different and the younger um guys and girls probably too they actually don't use any hashtags on they love instagram but they don't use any hashtags yeah it's really interesting that they actually they don't they just have gone all anti-hashtag and the other thing is you know they'll say to me like i only got 300 likes i'm going to delete that photo because oh. it was a dud you know it's like and so they'll clean out their thing so that because I, I remember i because when i counsel them on certain things that they may have done um that are questionable then i'll sit down with them and go give me your phone i want to see what you're doing like you know not as a, a parenty kind of thing but just as a for me to learn like yeah. what are you guys doing who are you messaging all that they let me have this stuff like they're really great and i'm with them like they you know i'm not going to tell their parents <laughs> but the 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 point is that they um yeah it's all going on in the messenger it's all very different the other thing is they'll say to me they just want to have the nine pictures and they want it to be clean like they want those nine to work together and we've seen this with certain instagram uh teachings of you know those first nine or the recent nine rather are your like your catalog your table of contents of who you yeah, are and everything so that it's kind of interesting that you know some say these guys don't understand brandy but in some ways they do they just they're not realizing that that's the effect maybe but so they'll clean out their all their imagery and then just start again it's really interesting like you'll sometimes you'll see these guys and they have sixty thousand followers and nothing they've got no yeah and then all of a sudden it's like the uc9 it's just so it's you have to understand that the uh, as i work with younger people uh, what i find what i learn is i'm seeing these very drastically different uses of the medium yeah. uh, from one year to the next um and you know how they use instagram and it's all in the dms i don't know about you but my entire business is done um, if it's a coach, it's a Twitter DM. If it's a player, it's an Instagram DM. It has nothing to do with how many followers I do or don't have. And I don't have a huge, I've never bought any likes or anything. I'm just, but my engagement, it comes to me in the DM. Directly, and yeah. booked in the DMs. Um, so it's, it's, you never know what's this is. The other part of this is you don't really understand what's going on on someone else's account unless you have access to the dms yeah that's <laughs> so, so true yeah yeah and actually that's where most of the risk is for a lot of people is um is in what they text for the young guys the twitch which is this app where they can watch each other play Fortnite. yeah um that's a lot of fun to go uh-oh <laughs> uh -oh. because you know there'll be people that will just get you for stuff you don't even realize all of a sudden there's a shot of it and out we go so it is uh the risk isn't even necessarily what you post is what you're doing 
Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And the risk is there like for all levels and you're absolutely right. It's like every generation has a, a different format, a different approach to how they do things. And it's partly because of their priorities. Their priorities are drastically different. You know, right. I, I, I'm much older. I'm a baby boomer. And then we get into, you know, Gen Y. And, I am too, actually, Elaine. I take my time. I'm baby <laughs> you're, 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 you're one generation down. I'm not. <laughs> well, well, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. But, you know, the millennials have their own way of doing things. And, and then Gen Z are, are just, to me, they're fascinating. This is your 14-year-olds. And I just find them fascinating because yeah. it is such a very different process. But they don't have the longevity, the experience, the understanding of yeah. things that can go wrong. So I think it's important that there are people like you who are are handling it for the the young ones that are going to be, you know, encircled by media and have everything yeah. they can do, you know, under a microscope. Well, I think, you know, also, and looking at the other end of things, the sort of nearing retirement is another interesting place to be because yeah. they didn't grow up with the same digital savvy. And if and so so that there's a whole different host of things. But what I say to everybody is if you had to apologize today, like open up your accounts. If you had to apologize for doing something dumb today in real life, how would your uh, how would that be perceived as being a real, true, authentic, whatever you want to say, based on what you've already put out there? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, based on what people think of you now. And if you've only put out, I'm an athlete and I have a charity, and we're talking like pro guys. Yeah. That's what I call a plastic yeah. uh, persona because no <laughs> one knows who you are. Yeah, no one yeah. knows who you are. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that is that is the difference. And you will see in the older community, um, those were the people who told you what they had for lunch. And you know, I, I can think of one person in particular who that's all this man ever posts and ever has. But you know, that's that's I guess what he, he thinks social media is. And God love him, uh, you know, it, it it keeps him entertained and there's a lot who just do the little quizzes and and then you have you know older people like my dad who gets to stay in contact with people back home in scotland and with people our our relations in america and it really makes it um a great place for him to be able to chat with people and reminisce it's a very yeah. different format I think over 70 even than the baby boomers. Right. A very narrow view of what they're doing if they're doing it. And mm -hmm. there are an awful lot of them that have yeah. sort of found renewed vim and vigor by being able to connect with people from their past. Yeah. And um we started out this conversation saying we met at social media camp. Are you coming this year? I am. Yay. So I'm looking. I'm looking forward. We're still. I'm still working out what, what I'm specifically going to be speaking on. But 
it's uh it's i think it's gonna be my new favorite talk so oh good well i'm excited about that and and <laughs> i'm just going to remain mute on my piece and all this but uh, we shall see what happens we shall see yeah. <laughs> And it's great. We'll see Mari out there. I know you've known Mari for a very long time. Uh-huh. It's going to be really good seeing her. I, I just was reminded actually on Facebook uh, yesterday of a mm -hmm. picture of us from Las Vegas. Uh, with oh. a, a group of us at the big social summit in 2012. Nice. Oh, yeah, it's and, uh, lovely. Um, and right. lots of people to, to get to reconnect with there uh, next year. So what yeah. I like to do with my clients, I'm looking at the time going, oh, my God, I've kept you so long. Okay. Uh, I love to make sure that our guests get to leave with uh, one little um, personal or business tip that our audience can implement in their own lives. You know, just something quick and immediate that yeah. is something that you do. Uh, I would say show the real you so they'll accept all of you. Um, and, you know, that that's really the test of if people really understand who you truly are, um, they'll understand you're a human, they'll understand you make mistakes, and then when you need to, you know, they'll, they'll rally for you, not, you know, against you, hopefully. That's really good. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to wrap this up. I really thank you so much, Fiona, for a really interesting talk but then i knew that i knew it was going to be great <laughs> i'm Lindsay, the glamopreneur at true social media and this is bbp tv show so happy to chat with you we'll see you again next time and don't forget to check out fiona's page on the website where you'll get links to her site her social and uh, we'll see what other little gems we have there about her in the meantime <laughs> Make your day amazing and I'll see you next time.